Hey everyone, it's Lady T for another Excuse You episode. Um, Thank you for listening again. I appreciate your support. It has been more than um, appreciated and welcomed. And I pray that everyone is being safe and using wisdom during this season and time. Uh, We are all in uncharted territory. And I say that because this is... um, We haven't seen this in our generation. We know there have been many other pandemics. However, nothing to this magnitude. But um, our God is rich in mercy. And he is well able to deliver. And uh, that kind of leads me to my topic today for this podcast. And it's titled uh, From the Inside Out. From the Inside Out. We've been living from the outside in. And I believe that's um, part of why this is so challenging for us. I mean, you could think about years ago where, you know, our grandparents and great-grandparents, I would like to believe they were a lot more intuitive to who they were and who their family was and things that went on around them and their immediate, you know, area and um, wasn't, too surprised by things that happened because they had their hand on the pulse of their family, the community, the church, their relationships. And we've gotten so far away from that. And so um, today I just want to talk about, you know, from the inside out. I saw a post, I believe, I don't know if it was Instagram and face or Facebook, but it said, if you can't go outside, why not go inside? And I thought, how apropos is that? Like, you know, we're quarantined right now. Uh, many of us are probably clawing our, you know, arms and foot off for those extroverts out there. Holla. Um, but, you know, we sometimes, I mean, people don't know what to do with themselves. You know, I mean, they get cabin fever and freaking out and, you know, going against the advisement of, you know, uh, the officials, you know, playing basketball at the park and, you know, just breaking loose, breaking bad, you know. Uh, But I wanted to talk about something that, you know, rarely gets any attention. Uh, We live in a day and time where degrees and knowledge and information is at our fingertips. And not only is it at our fingertips, but it's at a premium. Um, I would say African-American women are leading the the leading demographic and, you know, those that have earned um, degrees in higher education. And we just... You know, we're consumed with with inundated with data and information. So if you don't know it, Google it. You could find it. If you don't know how to do something, go online and look at YouTube and you can become almost an expert. Psych, not so much, but um, you could figure out how to get things done if you went on YouTube. So there is no shortage of information today, but we put a premium on, you know, IQ, your intellectual quotient. And all quotient means is kind of your bank, you know, your ability or capacity to hold something. And we don't talk a lot about the emotional quotient, which is termed EQ. And I thought today would be really, really good to kind of uh, piggyback off a teaching I've been doing lately on emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is anything new. It kind of came on the scene in 1990s. There were two gentlemen who kind of came up with the term emotional intelligence. And um, 
Daniel Goldman, who was a science writer for the New York Times, kind of took that concept and ran with it. And he published a book termed emotional titled, I'm sorry, emotional intelligence. And that book and uh, those, I would say, uh, characteristics have been the crux of a lot of corporate workplace team building um, environments and have been used greatly for leaderships of all different types. And so I thought it would be great to talk about that because, you know, we fail to marry. We, you know, we hear these uh, terms and we think that, oh my gosh, this is like so brand new and wonderful. But, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Our God, oh my gosh, he is so awesome. He's the creator of everything. Nothing that we do, we think that, aha, Eureka, I've come up with this awesome idea. No, not really. You know, God is already, he is the author and creator of everything, right? And so if he's the author and the creator of everything, then that just lets me know that just because it's brought to the forefront, repackaged and, you know, written and phrased differently does not take away from our God who's always, you know, and who's always given us these basic, you know, precepts in his word. We just didn't, you know, really look at it that way. And so what I'm finding with this millennial generation, sometimes I got to use secular teaching to kind of get their attention, but then I always uh, bring it back home to the word of God and let them know that there is no person that exists on this earth today or in times past or in times to come that can outsmart who has a greater wisdom, knowledge, and ability and capacity to teach and have a wealth and depth of knowledge and intellect than our father himself. Come on. So we, you know, we can't get so enamored with the teachings of man that we think that the word of God is not effective or relevant and timely. It's always in order. It yet remains the best-selling book of all time. Come on. I don't care how many authors come up with something and it's great and kudos to authors. I'm in the process of writing a book myself, but no book I can write, no book that you've read or have written can pale, it pales in comparison to the Bible. It's just what it is, hands down. Okay, I digress. So back to emotional intelligence. All right, um, emotional intelligence is pretty much comprised of five uh, elements or characteristics, if you will. There are some people that teach eight, teach seven, teach 10 or 14, but the, these five basic ones I'm about to share with you are um, in all of them and, and everything else kind of springs out of that. So the first one is self-awareness, uh, self-regulation or self-control, self-motivation, empathy, and then social skills. And just, um, I found this great definition. I just want to share it with you. It says emotional intelligence starts with understanding your own emotions. That's self-awareness. Then being able to manage them, that's self-control or self-regulation, and use them to achieve your goals. That's self-motivation, right? So once you're able to understand and then manage yourself, then you can move and start to understand the emotions and feelings of others. But not only understanding the emotions and feelings of others, but going so far as to putting yourself in their shoes, which is empathy. And finally, being able to influence them for the greater good, which would culminate with social skills, the last um, characteristic of emotional intelligence. But I want to 
focus on today's self-awareness. Again, this podcast is from the inside out. Rarely do we take time to dig into or even um, allow ourselves to be conscious enough of ourselves. Right? We we function, we, we get up, we pray, we shower, we brush our teeth, we get dressed, and we go about our daily activities, whether it's you know, working inside or outside the home. We interact with people on all different types and scales and backgrounds. Some of us have children, some of us don't, some of us are professionals, some of us are blue collar, some of us are teachers and politicians, and I mean, just a gamut of professions and in different walks of life. And because we're engaging and interacting, a lot of times we're not careful to do a checkup with our own selves, right? And so here's what aware, being aware means. Being aware means having the knowledge or perception of a situation or fact, okay? First definition. Second definition is concerned or well-informed about a particular situation or development. Okay, and that's why I want to park being concerned and well formed because sometimes we're concerned about ourselves, but we lack the information, well formed information. We're not as knowledgeable or informed about a particular situation or development concerning us. We're so externally driven. All of our senses on 100, they're on fleek about everything that goes on. Our senses, you know, watching CNN, we're watching BBC News, we're watching news all day, every day. And we're inundated with, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic. And one thing I know about God is that he uses even tragedies and uses these things like this to get our attention. We see it time and time again in the Bible. Um, But. This is not limited to America. This is nationwide. You know, this pandemic, you know, just is just exactly what pandemics are. Equal opportunity employers. It does not discriminate. You can get it. You can get it. Oh, yeah, you over there in the house on the hills in the gated community, you can get it too. You center man, beggar man, you can get it too. You middle class worker, 2.5, children and a dog, you can get it too. Single young man, prime of life, you can get too. So my point is this pandemic has no, um, you know, preference. At first we thought it was just seniors. Now we're realizing, nope, 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 young folk getting it too. So um, it's being aware But we're so, again, aware of those things. We're so well-informed about, you know, um, COVID-19 and uh, coronavirus, the Rona, turned the Rona. We're so informed about that, but we rarely flip that, you know, um, ability to be informed on ourselves. That's why this is self-awareness. I'm well-informed about the situations and developments that go on in my life. And I'm not talking about being self-centered and absorbed about, you know, just what you got going on. But it's about being self-aware about your innermost being. And sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's intimidating. But I believe this time that we have, it would do us good to get in touch with who we are. And not just who we are, but whose we are. Right. And I don't think you can be self-aware without being God aware because you have to go back to the source, the maker of this of, 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 of creation. 
right? We are his workmanship. We are his handiwork. So if he created us, you got to go to the manual, the Bible. You got to go to the one that created God. So we can't be aware, self-aware without first being aware of whose we are, right? Because um, if you're a believer and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you understand that um, situations, developments, Different uh, circumstances change every day, but you have to know who you are and where you are and understand that in him, it's in him. I live, I move, and I have my being. Come on, somebody. It's in him. Even though I'm operating in this body and this body may be five, two and a half, 180 pounds, you know, and whatever, you know, short hair. I'm just describing myself briefly. You know, whatever this body, this temple, whatever yours look like, guess what? You're occupying it. It, this outward man is perishing every day. That's not the bane. That's not the total sum of who you are. But the spirit man, sometimes we don't take the time to get to know the spirit that resides in us, which is Christ. And so I thought how wise of the father and how um, befitting that during this time, like it or not, ready or not, here it comes. You have to get acquainted with you. Yes, I know it's been so much easier to focus on the children and so much easier to focus on your husband and so much easier to focus on work and so much easier to focus on the cheerleading squad and so much easier to be in the team mom and so much easier to be in the, you know, stellar athlete or so much easier to be the problem child. You know, we have, we find these identities and, you know, we, we say, you know what, this fits me well. I'm a, this is who I'm going to be because it serves my purpose. But oh, what it is to shut everything down so that we could find out who we are. I just thought that was amazing. And in finding out who we are, I began to go to scripture and I went into Psalm 51, which is one of my favorite psalms. It is a psalm by David and um, basically the prophet Nathan came to him after he had committed adultery with the woman named Bathsheba. Right. So, um. You know, this wasn't a nice visit, but nevertheless, um, he began to uh, pin these words and uh, verse six, which I thought uh, capsulated really what I'm saying about inside out. Right? It says, yet you desire truth and sincerity, truth and sincerity. Deep down inside me, you teach me wisdom. Oh God, even though I, David was telling God, that even though I'm a sinner and um, I committed adultery and I plotted and I schemed and I did all these things and I set this man up to be murdered and killed because I wanted his wife so bad and I didn't want him to find out that I impregnated her. So I'm a plot and devise this scheme where I think that I'm going to get away with it. And, you know, if, you know, you think about it, he, he did, but he didn't. 
Because let me tell you something, you may think that you're doing things and nobody knows that you're forging things and you're being fraudulent in one area of life or you're being secretive and conniving and disloyal or backbiting or you think that you're getting ahead at your job by putting someone else down, not giving people proper credit, you know, and just trying to, you know, be a yes man or woman and, and, and fail to realize that at the end of the day, God knows you. And then David is telling God, like, you know what? God, you know what? I sinned. I, I did this evil in your sight. And um, I know you're going to do justice to me. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but guess what? I was born guilty. I was a sinner when my mother conceived me before. And this is for all those who think that, you know, I'm just a good person. Um, I do good. I'm a you know, great friend, loyal spouse, terrific mom great sibling, et cetera, et cetera. I, here's a newsflash. David's saying, guess what? I was a sinner when my mother conceived me. So even though I wasn't already here, I, I, yeah, yeah, that, that would be me. I was a sinner before my mother and father got together and, 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 and conceived me. But even still, even as a sinner, you still require the truth from the inward parts of me. See, the inward parts of us is, is that kidney error sometimes the scripture refers to. It's the, it's the bowels. It's the gut. It's the, it's the reins that kind of pulled and hold you and where you're led by. It's your soulish realm. It's that deep part of you. And so God wants to know that part. He says, no, I require the truth in the inward parts. I know you've covered it up with stuff, but I don't care how much weight you carry. I still want the inside. Yeah, move that over. You know, Jonathan McReynolds uh, wrote a song and I love this. It says you can move that over. You know, it's like we, we you know, we, we've made our priorities and then they don't even include God. And, and the song is basically saying, God, yeah, move that over. You know, I make you my number one. I make you my priority. So yeah, move over my agenda, move over my tour dates, move over all these ideas and things I've put before you that seem like they're so important. Can I tell you in times of uncertainty, you find out what's really clear and what's really important. And getting to know and being aware of who you are from the inside out is vital to your well-being. So again, we focus so much on, you know, um, the intellect. I think we live in a time where uh, knowledge is at our fingertips like never before. You can Google anything. And after you Google it, flip over to uh, YouTube and you can find out how to do it. So there's no shortage of knowledge. You know, now you're challenged with what, what's true knowledge versus what, you know, somebody done came up with. But nonetheless, you do enough searching and digging, you know, libraries, you have books online, you have everything you can think of at your fingertips. Resources have now been uploaded to the Internet, the World Wide Web, so you can download books and read online. So what I'm saying is that we live in a time where information and knowledge is at a premium. Right. So we're inundated with so much knowledge. People are going to college and uh, obtaining degrees in higher education at, I mean, great leaps and bounds. So their IQs, I believe, you know, you're born with. But your EQ, emotional quotient, your ability, your bank of emotions and how you manage them is something that you can develop throughout your life. Listen, you're born with a, a high IQ. That's not something you can, you know, create for yourself. Can you study more and um, 
you learn yeah but if you're born with it which we are you're born with the high iq that basically speaks to your ability to memorize and your logic and reasoning is such a place where you know it's 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 large it's you have the you have the capacity the wherewithal the breath the bandwidth to maintain memory and you can logic and reason far better than others if your high iq was high right that doesn't mean that others cannot you know work at intelligence and you know strive to be smart and, and study and do their due diligence to get to a place where they can um succeed in life intellectually however again your iq is what you're born with some people they go to class and they sit there and don't take any notes but newsflash they pass with a's right then you have the other student who studies and studies and has a tutor and they could barely make a b or c so that's the difference with having a high IQ. You're born with that. On the other hand, an EQ, you're not, it's not something that, you know, you're born with. You can develop it over time, right? And so we are at a place now, I believe, where our emotional intelligence should rise to the occasion. If we ever were empathetic before, we need to be now. If we ever were aware of who we are, it's now. If social skills were necessary, you know, this social distancing got me up in a little tizzy because I'm like, you know, it's not social distancing in as much as it is physical distancing, but we're still reaching out and touching people via social media, you know, phone calls, texts, and things of that nature. So that's not, you know, um, I believe the right phrase we should use, but... This is a time where our emotional intelligence really needs to be played out because we realize that at the end of the day, whether you in the UK, whether you in United States, whether you are in Brazil and South America, Australia, we all, our blood is all the same color red, right? It's a level playing field for everybody. But at this time, where the uh, the playing field has been leveled, we each individually have to go up to bat. And when we go up to bat, we have to take your bat, your ball, and you have your, your uh, what is that called, cap or helmet, right? But when you go up there, you take that swing, you got to be aware of your strength, your capacity to hit the ball, the, your vision, your reflexes. Right? That's being aware. How are we responding in this hour? I want to encourage you. Don't waste this time, but get to know yourself again. I know moms, we get so busy and inundated, inundated with our children. I mean, now school, we're homeschooling. God have mercy. Lord, bless the educators everywhere. That now add that to our plate. I, I'm just going to talk for me. I'm working from home now, and it seems like I'm working harder. Okay? I don't get a break. Like, at work, I can't walk around talk to my coworkers. I can't just go to the cafeteria. You know, it's, it's a little different environment. You feel like you're tied to the chair now more. But add that with everybody's home, and I have to homeschool my seven-year-old. I mean, talk about, you know, being aware. But I still have to take some time and steal away and get in my quiet place 
in the closet. If I have to have a moment of breakdown, I break down. Yes, you need a little moment to yourself. Sometimes things, the cares of this life get so much so, you know, you got to steal away. And I got to get honest and say, you know what, God, this is becoming a lot for me. I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I need to reset. That's being aware of my particular situation and things that develop from day to day. Have to be aware. I had to do a presentation today via uh, video conferencing for work. And uh, even though I speak all the time, um, you know, I start getting nervous. And I was preparing for my presentation and I'm stuttering and I'm like, oh, Jesus. And I'm like, you know, okay, God, let me just step back. I'm like, Father, you take control. Okay? You take control. I'm aware right now that my nerves are on 100. Um, But you know what? You give me the peace that passes all understanding. And you word my mouth. It's not about what I can do, but it's all that what you can do through me. Even in the workplace, have your way. So self-awareness is not dictated or limited to just, you know, one area of life. It needs to bleed over into every area. Again, Psalm 51 and 6, he, he requires, he wants the truth in the inward parts. Sometimes we just try to push through what all with all the sirens are blaring and we still try to push through. And God's saying, I'll wait. I'll wait. And you wonder why, you know, we encounter people who are not emotionally stable. I think a lot, a lot of, the, I think a lot of mental illness is um, the result of. Don't get me. I'm not. I'm not labeling, and I'm not giving diagnosis here. But um, I understand that there are real, true chemical imbalances um, that happen, and and I definitely under understand and get that. But I do believe a lot of the emotional things that we hold and don't manage for our own selves, it manifests physically, it manifests mentally. And then we find ourselves at a breaking point. So if anything, I want to encourage you during this season of uncertainty and during this season where you may feel like uh, overwhelmed with emotions, pause. God's given this whole world a moment to pause, fall to your knees and cry out to him. It's a time to pause for God. It's a time to repent. It's a time to change how we've been doing things. Yes, we may seem successful on paper. Yes, you may be a millionaire. You may be a billionaire. You may be a multi-million. Whatever your life. You may be a, a person struggling right now on public assistance. At the end of the day, God is calling us rich and poor, black and white, male or female. Jew or Gentile, pause. I want you to be self-aware and reflect of where you are, what's going on with you, and whose you are. This is Lady T for Excuse You Moment. Until next time, learn to live from the inside out. Bye-bye now.